because you've got to allow this to get deep down into your spirit. What we need is a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ. We need to realize what was afforded to us by Him going to Calvary's cross. The bridge of that song. The bridge of that song. By your stripes I'm healed. Is there anybody in the house today who needs healing? You need to declare, by your stripes I'm healed. Is there anybody in the house today who feels like they've been beat down? Where the life has been sucked out of them. By his death we live. There is power in the cross of Jesus Christ. And so many times we just fly through songs. We don't really understand what we're singing about. But it dropped in my spirit. We need a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ because that's our answer. That's the only answer. No matter what you're facing today, whether it be fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, sickness, disease, addiction, you may be lost today in the house. The answer is the cross of Jesus Christ. So as they continue to sing this song, I don't want you to sit back. I want you to come forward and say, Lord, give me a revelation. Give me a fresh revelation of the cross because I'm going to tell you, you will find your answer. You will get your deliverance. Your healing will come when you begin to stand in the power of the cross. So let's pick up with that bridge again and please respond.
tell you that without him, we've got nothing. Without the finished work of Jesus Christ, we have nothing. We don't even have the ability to come to the Father. We don't have the ability or the privilege to call upon the Father. We don't have access into the Holy of Holies. We're not covered by the blood. We're still foreigners. We're still strangers. We're still alienated from God. But he saw fit to send his son to Calvary's cross for you and for me as the perfect sacrifice. Even We mentioned it last week. One drop of blood, it was working before it was ever shed. And it's still working today. And I believe that today... I don't know why you came, but I pray that you came expecting the Lord to do the unexpected, the impossible. I believe every day for the Lord to do the impossible. What are you talking about? Not necessarily the physical things, but for the heart of man to be changed, to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because it's impossible for us to save ourselves. It's impossible for us to change ourselves. Only through the finished work of Christ. This morning, I want you to join with me and believe that the Lord is going to continue to have His way, that any distraction will be removed, that those that are even viewing online or will view that the Holy Spirit will fall in the midst of where they are, that they'll feel His presence in a way that they have never known, that even in their living room or their office or in their car or at their job on the, while they're listening to it in their uh, uh, earphones, that the Holy Spirit would fall upon them and they would feel His sweet presence. Lord, we come to You now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank You, Lord, for the blood that was shed. We thank You that it still works. We thank You, Lord, that You made a way. And that way is still true. It's been tried, it's been tested, it's been proven, and it works. Lord, and I pray that today hearts would be changed souls would be saved sicknesses would be healed marriages would be restored lord those that are tormented in their mind would experience the peace that only you can give god that you would have your way in this place today that you would remove our wants our desires and lord that we follow your will god that you would touch and move in this place today god those that are viewing that you would move in their midst and in their presence right now god those that are viewing that may feel like just giving up I pray that you would just touch them, Lord. That you would wrap your arms around them with your love that only you can give. God, I pray that you would move in their midst now, Lord. Lord, we ask and lift up the Ridgeway family to you, Father God. That you would touch Debbie and their family as they experience the loss and mourn the loss of her father. But Lord, that you wrap in them in your arms and you, your Holy Spirit would fill where they are, Father God. We thank you for this day. Thank you for what you've done. And we praise you for what you will do. We pray that you would bless the tithe and offering we're going to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have something to give, feel free to bring it and drop it off.
Amen. I hope you're excited to be here this morning. Sounds like a few of you are. Be excited to be in the presence of the Almighty God. Yes, ma'am. Sure. This morning, if you have your word, and I hope you do, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And um, I've been excited all week about getting back together just to worship the Lord. Uh, this morning, I don't feel like, uh, and it may change, but I don't feel like I'll project too much with my voice. So uh, if the mic's not loud enough for you, they'll, they'll adjust that. But uh, it's obviously... Um, we're in the midst of pollen season here in North Carolina, and uh, we, we've gotten quite a few inches of yellow stuff. And <laughs> uh, But anyway, um, those of you who are new to this area, welcome to North Carolina, the pollen season that never ends. And uh, save your money, don't wash your car, because it's just going to look like that again tomorrow. Uh, or squirt it off, whatever you want to do. But um, anyway... My throat is scratchy this time of year, every year, and uh, it's just part of it. But I, as they were singing this song, I, I, well, I knew that they were going to sing it, but uh, I sometimes uh, lose, uh, not memory, but I just forget uh, the text that's sent out of what's going to be sang. But this is a perfect lead-in to what the Lord has laid on my heart to minister this morning. Talking this morning about the full assurance of faith. And if you don't have a full assurance of faith, then I pray that today when you leave this place, you will. Faith has never been the question, it's the object of faith. I want to say it again, faith has never been the question, because everybody has faith. It's the object, object of your faith. Uh, I said, or we said, we were talking about in our Bible study Tuesday morning, and I grew up, and I obviously grew up in church, I grew up... Uh, with a family that loved the Lord and that uh, I'm thankful that my mom and dad made me go to church. Now that I'm not made to go, I go because I want to go and I love to go and I enjoy it. Thank God that my mom used to pinch the bejesus out of me and tell me to listen to the preacher. And uh, They used to take me out and wear my rear end out on the front steps of the church porch and now probably DSS would be called, but then it was just called parenting. <laughs> But they didn't beat me. They just made sure that I was going to listen and respect those around me. But I thank God for those times in my life. I thank God that I was able to, to walk through the house and hear my mom and dad praying. 
that I would walk through and I would see them with their word open. I thank God that I was brought up and nurtured in the Lord. But I'm more thankful that I now understand what and why and how I was raised. That I don't have to worry about, will somebody else do it for me? That I now have the full assurance of faith. That I have access to the Holy of Holies. That I can go to Him anytime, anywhere I desire to because the way has been made. And if you don't understand that, and if you're not going to Him in prayer, and you're not taking things to the Lord, I want you to leave this place this morning knowing that the way has been made for you, and that you can go to Him with a full assurance of faith. This morning, we're going to be, it's going to be a lengthy portion of Scripture, but I'm going to read it anyway, and if you've got a problem with it, talk, take it to the Lord. Hebrews 10, 19-31 Beginning verse 19, 17, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And I want to tell you right now, that's the only way you'll ever have a boldness to enter in. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to do good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day the day of the Lord returning for His bride. Thank the Lord. And I pray it's, it's soon. Verse 26, For if we sin willfully, and right here there's consequences. Before I, before I read this portion, I want you to understand there are consequences for rejecting the Lord. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. I'm going to interrupt myself because I want you to know those are viewing or those that are in here. Once you hear the truth, you're responsible for it. And we've said it before. People ask questions, and, and sometimes maybe we just need to give a warning. Before I answer you, I want you to know that what I'm going to give you is the truth because it's the Word of God. What you do with it is your responsibility. But now that I've given you the truth, it's on you. Verse 27, but a, cer a certain fearful looking uh, for of judgment and fiery indignation, indignation, I have trouble with some words, which shall devour the, uh, the adversaries. He who despised Moses' the law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be, he be thought worthy, who has trodden underfoot the Son of God, and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and has done despite unto the, the Spirit of grace. For we know him who has said, Vengeance belongs unto me, I will recompense, says the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
I sit in my office and I practice these words and I, I Google the pronunciation and I still get it wrong. And it's all right. Uh, I don't think the Lord's going to uh, get me because I didn't say it right. <laughs> but I want us to understand, and this is a message that you've heard since August 3rd, August 4th, 2013. This is part 382, or how many ever messages we preach, I don't know. It's been a long series, and it ain't going to quit. But because of the finished work of Christ at Calvary's cross, because of that, every believer, you, me, every believer that may be watching or will watch that is across this nation or throughout the world, every believer has the privilege to come into the very throne room of God. I said that you have the privilege to enter into the very throne room of God. Jack is going to have to go today. I try to dress nice and look all good, but it just, with this, it's impossible. You have the privilege. If I gave you a key to the vault at the bank and I said, no, there's no penalty. No penalty, Avon. You can go and you can access this vault and it's loaded with treasures that you cannot exhaust. You would be an absolute goon to not take advantage of that. He'd be like, hey, I'm jumping up in the car and we, Braley, come on, get your stuff, let's go. We going. We have the access into the throne room of God, into the Holy of Holies, and you cannot exhaust the goodness of God, but yet we don't take advantage of that. We don't have to wait for a certain day or a certain time. I don't have to have somebody go to the Lord in prayer for me. I thank God for the prayers for me. But I don't have to have you pray for me. The, that way, of course, into the throne room of the Holy of Holies was made by Jesus Christ. And we know that that way was made on Calvary's cross because the blood was shed. And that way says by a new and living way. A new and living way. Church, we are to live. We are to be alive. We are to to be, I guess, joyful and exuberant in your relationship with the Lord. You should be excited to share the good news. You should be excited and thrilled to talk about Jesus. So the new covenant, that new covenant is a living way. We just want to talk about grace. Yes, we're under grace, not under law. We're covered by grace, not under law. But that new is a living way. Are we alive in here today? Do I need, we need something just put us to sleep or something in here. I got a new microphone. If you see me messing with my head, I'm trying to figure this thing out. So it's a, it's a way that has been tried, it's been tested, it's been proven, and guess what? That way still works. It still works. It has never not worked. It will always work because His way is perfect. The Bible tells us that His ways are not ours. His thoughts aren't ours. His way is absolutely perfect. The way of man is always flawed. I don't care how good it looks. There is always flaws. He's alive. There, therefore, he is always interceding on the behalf of the believer. You should be thankful that this morning when you woke up, that Christ was interceding for you, Avon. 
that Christ was interceding for you, Melanie. That the doctors may have said, but I've got somebody higher that's going to the Father on my behalf. And I know what you said, but I'm telling you what He's praying for me and what He's interceding for me is far greater than I can even do for myself. You've got an adversary this morning. My God, I feel like something but good. I, I just feel like preaching. I, I thought I wasn't going to, but here we go. We're about to throw this bad boy in drive. Good Lord Jesus. My hand is not really all messed. It, it is, I got burnt if you're wondering what's going on. I didn't wear this for attention, and, and, uh, but it's fine. It just looks bad. So I figured I would cover it up. But anyway, we've got an adversary. I've got an advocate. I've got one going to the Father on my behalf. But guess what? Yeah. Woo! My God. I've got the privilege to go into the same throne room that he's talking to the Father on my behalf and sit and listen. You know, today is the day that, that, that everybody wants to spend the big money to hire the good lawyer. And then, then if you had that privilege to, to hire the good lawyer or whoever they... I don't even know a good lawyer's name because I never needed one. But if I had the money to buy or, or to pay for one or buy one or to buy my freedom, as they would say. I go in, I sit down, I be quiet, and I listen to the lawyer be the advocate for me or for the judge and to plead my case, and I don't have to say nothing. And when I know that my money has purchased, listen, you can't buy the blessings of God, follow with me, has purchased the best of the best, I can sit with full assurance and knowing that the charges, would, they're false accusations, first of all, that the charges will be dropped. I don't have to say a word, but I get the privilege to sit and to listen the, the plea for me be made. When you receive Christ Jesus, the blood now covers you. The possession, that, or the, the, you now belong to Christ. The earnest down payment has been made for you. So you have been purchased in Christ. And in Christ, you have the very best that no money can buy. That charges have been brought against you that were contrary to you. We know that Colossians 2 tells us that he took them out of the way, nailed them to his cross. He didn't just stop. He made show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So now the charges that were against you have been waved off. And I didn't have to plead my case. I just had to receive the benefit. Good Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm, those, I'm thankful that I'm not found guilty any longer. I'm thankful that I'm not found guilty, that I don't have to suffer the penalty of sin, which is death, that I can live in Christ. Verse 20 says that He has consecrated for us. He did it. He has consecrated for us. He did it. I'm just going, I'm going to take a little bit of time this morning because I want this to soak into you today. He did it. Why? So that you could enter into the Holy of Holies. So that you could approach God the Father, the one who said in the beginning, uh, there was, what, 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 Lord, my mind's gone. He said, let there be light. There was light. 
Let the, let the, the waters basically in the land, let them separate. And it happened. He, he spoke life. He spoke the world. He spoke creation into existence. Now that access has been made for us to approach him boldly and with the full assurance of faith. He has consecrated for us. He did it by the cross through the veil. Now that you are in Christ Jesus, the veil is removed. The thing that separated you is gone. You know, when I was not living for the Lord, when the name Christian was just attached to me and I didn't live for him, I would pray and cry out and sing hosannas and shout to the highest, but I never felt like anything was happening because I remained behind the veil because I would not receive the provision. I did all the good stuff. It looked grand and glorious, but there was still something separating me from the majesty and the holiness and the righteousness and the presence of God because I did not receive the provision that was made. So I was doing it all behind the veil. Now that I received Christ and covered by the blood and I accepted Him as not only my Savior but also my Lord, the way of access has been made for me and I can go in. Now that we're in Christ, that veil is removed and you've got access to the Father. That ought to make you just want to slap yourself and say, my God, why? 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 Why do I deserve that? I don't. Why do you deserve it? You don't. But He loved us. He made the way. And that way is clear. It's by Him, in Him, through Him, and Him alone. There is no other way. In fact, He said, I am the door. You go all the way back to Noah and the ark. Or Noah's ark. It was actually God's ark, but Noah built it. Why do we call it Noah's? There was one door. There was one way. The ark, a representation of Christ, of, of, of the safety that He provides only. And there was only one way in. And He called out to Moses to come into the ark. And when He came in, the door was shut. And I said Moses, didn't I? He didn't call out to Moses. I was just testing y'all. He called out to Noah. And he came in and the door was shut and it was sealed. Guess what? After it was sealed, there was no other way, which is a representation of when the trump of God will sound and those that are dead in Christ, we shall be made alive. We're going to meet up in the air. So once, once the door is shut, there's no other way in. But now the door's still open and he's still calling and come. Come to me. Come in. I can promise you, and, 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 and if I don't know if you remember, when we first got here, I taught on Noah for quite some time. And they had never seen rain. And, and I can't imagine if you, if you had never seen rain, and then it began to rain. First of all, obviously, the dude building a, a huge ark would be nuts, but he was building it. But then when it began to rain, they were probably thinking, we might be on to something. But the door was already shut. Faith is not seeing. Faith is not seeing. So verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. If you go to James 4 and verse 8, 
we, we talk about this all the time, that, that, that the Lord's going to draw to us. But it says, draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh to you. You and I have a responsibility. We have to come to the Father. We have to come to the Father. So this phrase, draw near, in Hebrews 10 and 22, let us draw near with a true heart and a full assurance of faith. That, that phrase right there, to draw near in the Greek, is prosarkome. And I remember being young, and I'm like, who cares? I don't care what that means in Japanese or Chinese. And I'm not an English major by no means. But I do understand that, that uh, gr the grammar and the structure of sentences changes a lot of the way it's read and the way that it's meant and the way that it's received. But prosterkomes, or kome is the middle voice of the primary verb. And it's used only in the present imperfect tense, meaning that you can come or go. That you can come or go. God is not a forceful God. You can come or go as you please. Hear me. Follow along. But if you don't continue to go His way, you can't receive His benefit. I can, I can, uh, I have a vehicle. I can come and go as I desire or walk in and walk out. But if I'm gonna, if in, in the middle of a storm, if I'm going to, if I'm going to receive the, the provision of the house, the shelter, I better stay in the house. The door's not locked. It's funny, now it's spring here in the south, and we have thunderstorms all the time pop up, and we have all of this stuff, and, and, and I don't know. I knew I grew up, you better not be nowhere near the bathroom or in the bathtub or the shower when it's lightning outside because you're going to die. Because apparently the lightning bolts are attracted to the plumbing in your house and it's just going to fry you when you're in there in the shower. So by no means did we ever get clean while a thunderstorm was going on. We had to wait. Oh, come on, would you hurry up? I got to go. I got to stay in the house if I want to receive the provision. But hear me clear, we're going somewhere. Arakome is that middle uh, voice of the primary verb, meaning you can come or go. But pros is a preposition of direction, meaning forward. To the destination or relation. So when you draw near, you are going forward into the holy of holies. You're drawing near to God. You're going toward God. Grace always moves forward. Prosterkome is to go forward toward God. As you go, you go with a true heart and a full assurance of faith. I'm not just wandering around. Oh, oh what's going to happen? I'm not like the tin man and the scarecrow and the, and the whoever else, the cowardly lion and, and Dorothy on the yellow brick road and I get to the great curtain and I'm terrified of the great awes behind the curtain. I'm going with a full assurance of faith because I know what He's promised and I know that I have access into. I'm not going cocky. I'm going with a boldness because I know that He's already approved of what's covered me. Full assurance. Knowing that Jesus' work is finished, that I can't add to it. 
I don't have to add to it. I don't need to add to it. His way is perfect, and His way is right. Terrence, you got a, a car, a truck. And if you get in that car or truck, you don't just get in there and, and throw the key in the ignition and start it and be like, it's nice. Or maybe you do if Malachi's crying, you want to get some quiet time. But if you want to go somewhere, you put it in drive. There's nothing wrong. You've got a car that works, okay? Nothing wrong with it. Or, or, or let's say David, David Anderson was coming over and, and, and I was, David, where are you at? I, man, I figured you'd be here for 45 minutes ago. Where are you, where are you at? Well, brother, I'm, I'm pushing my truck. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know. Just because. Why would you get in, put it, and drive? Ain't nothing wrong with it. No, there ain't nothing wrong with it. I just thought I'd push it. And we find this comical and funny, but this is us as believers. We're going to get out of the provision, the way that's been made. All i got to do is sit down and put it in drive. But yet we're on the outside pushing and trying to make things happen. And God, if you'll just do it one more time, He will do it one more time. But you better remain in the way that you were came in. When I grew up, I, I, my first car was, oh man, it was garbage. <laughs> it was a beauty. 1980 Toyota Corolla hatchback, SR5. Had louvers on the back window. That thing was sweet. I watched that bad boy with Ajax and Comet. I don't even know what Ajax is. Comet. Why would you do that? Because it was nasty. Had mold growing on it. I'm telling you for real. But I knew this car, and I knew this car had problems. And I grew up on 2nd Street, and 2nd Street was a very small incline. And my battery was dead. But I had a five-speed. And I would walk out, and I would open the door. I'd throw the, pull the emergency brake down, and I'd give it a little push. And I'd jump in and pop the clutch and go. We on our way now. His name was Bart. <laughs> this is the picture of a lot of believers trying to make things happen in Christ. He don't need you to jump start him because his battery ain't never been dead. There are no problems with him at all. The way is absolutely 100% perfect. You don't have to do anything but stay in Christ. So when I come, my heart is true and my faith is full that God still does the impossible, that the sick will be healed, that the blind will be, be uh, or the bound will be made free, that the, the blind will be made to see, that those who were tormented will be delivered, and He will continue to pour out of His good treasure. So when I pray and I ask God, I'm not asking amiss, I'm believing with the full assurance of faith, Lord, I know it's not possible for me. I know it's not possible for man. But with you, all things are possible. And I believe you'll do it whenever you desire to do it. It don't eliminate 
stagnate my faith and it don't decrease my faith that it hadn't happened yet. Well, brother, I've been play, praying for 10 years for this to happen. Well, pray 10 years in one day. Keep believing. Keep praying. Why is our faith decreasing? Because it doesn't happen in our time? Because it doesn't happen on our watch or our timetable? I know that the pull of gravity is 9 point, what is it, 9.8 meters? Well, I don't know what the pull of gravity is. I think it's 9.8 meters per second squared. Does that sound right? Who's a smart fellow, person, individual in here? None of us know what the pull of gravity is. I know that it's never changed. Somebody's going to Google that. <laughs> when you find out, just let me know. It's 9 point something meters per second squared. But it's never changed. It don't matter how much I argue against it. It don't matter if I put a squirrel suit on and jump out of an airplane. That would be cool. <laughs> if you don't know what a squirrel suit is, you can look it up. But the pull of gravity is still the same. I'm just slowing the process, and if I don't pull the chute, I'm still going to die when I hit the ground. But we've tried to change the way that God works. We've tried to change the access into the Holy of Holies. We've called together all these conferences and all of these meetings, and you think that you've got to have prophet such and such or prophetess so and so or pastor so and so. I've got to go get in their presence and be prayed for by them for God to move on my behalf. That ain't so. Not so. Verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without, without wavering. There's no wiggle room right there. None. But we waver. Oh, brother, it's easy, it's easy to shout the house down when we're in the presence of a hundred or so believers and, and, and things are going great. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, where do you get that? The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, but there's still news, he's raised a standard that is against him. You know, these people, and, 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 and as you've seen it over the years, that the, the flood waters are rising and they're preparing and they're sandbagging and they're stacking them up and they're making ways and they're making provisions to stop the flood water. And they may think, but this is good. Look at this right here. I like it. And then the floodwaters start rising. They're like, whew. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we need to add another row of sandbags. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. When the flood begins to rise in your life, it will. Don't waver in your faith. The enemy is still going to roam around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't waver in your faith. Because every attack is not... Listen, we, we are so selfish that we make it against us. Boy, the devil really trying to get me? No, he's trying to attack your faith so that you will not submit yourself unto God and you'll surrender to him. Every, every attack, every distraction, everything that comes against you is to get you to waver in your faith. Faith, again, is not the question. It's the object of your faith. It's the object. 
I, I, I'm going to use my son because I wouldn't do this to anyone else. And um, Sorry, I'm, I'm going to need you, please. It won't, it won't hurt too bad. I just need you to come sit in this chair. <laughs> I, have, I have taken all the bolts out, so when you sit down, be easy because it's going to fall apart. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I want to use this simple illustration. That every single one of you came in here today with a full assurance of faith that when you sat down on that chair, it wasn't going to fall apart. It was going to hold you. It was going to keep you. And, and, and everything that you had and brought with it is going to hold you and it's going to support you. And you, yet we come to God Almighty and we don't have the faith that we have to sit in a chair to bring our stuff to Him. You don't have to stay up here, son. I, if you, unless you want to. I mean, I don't. Give it up for Sawyer, yay. But we can exhibit more faith in a stinking chair than we can or will God Almighty. Hold fast. Don't let go. Hold fast. Don't let go. Well, brother, you ain't been given what I've been given by the doctor. You haven't been told what I've been told by the doctor. Hold fast. Don't let go. Well, brother, you ain't facing what I'm facing. And then what this says, it says, Hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering, for he that he is faithful that promised. Hold fast. Don't let go. Well, tomorrow I got a big, I got a big decision to make. Hold fast. Don't let go. Well, my mama, I don't know if she's going to make it. Hold fast. Don't let go. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with my job. Hold fast. Don't let go. Don't let your faith waver. We want to make excuses of why it's wavering. Verse 24 and verse 25 says, Let us consider one another provoke unto love, to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling of the saints. What a day that's coming. What a glorious day that's coming. And it should excite us. But yet the church has found itself rattled. Shaken to the core. And the problem with the church is not what's going on in the world. The problem is it has an identity crisis. And the church don't know who they are. Because the church has wavered and not held fast to what has been true, tried, and perfected. There is a necessity, hear me clear, for a good church. There is a necessity for you to be a part of a good body of believers. Be it here, Texas, Tennessee, Wyoming, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea. I, I want to go there. I just like saying that name. They told me to say stuff with peas in it this morning when we was trying the microphone. I kept saying, Papua New Guinea. But there's a necessity for you to, to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Hear me. We've let things come in, and we've let things become more important than assembling together. It ain't about just coming. 
It ain't about just showing up. We've let things be, listen, when I was growing up, I'm going to tell you, gosh, I feel old, but when I was growing up, church, going to church was your reason that you didn't go to everything else. Listen, assembling together with like-minded believers and worshiping the King of kings and letting iron sharpen iron and exhorting one another and provoking another to love, that was the reason that we didn't do anything else on those whatever days it was. But the enemy's crafty, and he's designed, and he has almost perfected his plan People would get mad at us. No one, sorry, we're, we're extremely good in baseball. They, I guess we still are. I mean, they didn't just lose it, but they were mad because we wouldn't let our kids travel and play ball on Sundays. Well, brother, we're going to use this as a ministry. That's a lie. No, you ain't. We're going to use this to win trophies that nobody's going to care about. Ephesians 4 and 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. And if there's a part of the body missing, I mean, if I lop my right arm off, that would hurt. I'd have to learn everything over again because I'm right-handed. You might not be the mouth for the body. Or you might not be the face for the body. But I'm going to tell you something. Anybody ever tore their Achilles tendon or, or strained or ripped a, a, a ligament in their body? And you, all of a sudden, you can't see that thing, but it affects everything. You start limping and you, you're walking all crazy. And all of a sudden, it was in your right leg. Now your left hip's hurting. And then your body's hurting and aching because you're trying to adjust for everything else. This is the body functions together. And we are one body for one reason, for one purpose, to worship one king, one Lord, and one Savior. And when you forsake yourselves, you forsake yourselves, you're not only inhibiting you, but the rest of the body. This is pretty good stuff right here. I'm just... Why are you saying it? Because you want the house? Not listen. No. Because I want you to understand the importance that you have to approach the throne room of God and to live with that full assurance of faith and to assemble yourselves together. Some of y'all probably about to get mad at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to preach it. You ain't got nothing else to do on Sunday night anyway. What, what, what are we doing? Well, brother, I got all I needed on Sunday morning. Well, maybe you need to enlarge your appetite. I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at people. I'm just telling you. There is a reason that we come together. And it's not to be seen, and then it's not to say, hey, look how big and glorious we are. It's to exalt and to provoke one another, to exhort one another, to strengthen one another, and to point one another to the finished work of Christ. One body. What could that mean? Uh, one body. One body. 
the church is a visible community. I'm going to use that word. We're to be a visible influence. We're not to be influenced by what's visible. We are the church. We, us, as a whole. Not here, but just all over this. We are to be a visible influence. How are we going to be a visible influence? Well, one, if we're not approaching and not living with that full assurance of faith, we're not going to be. We could be an influence in the wrong way. So the, we're a visible influence. So in this pagan world, there, there are many religious cults, and, and, but, but in Christianity, we're one body. I'm trying to be careful. But what we have done is we have dissected the body, and we've cut the body up, and we've said that the right arm is not as important as the left arm, or the right big toe don't function like the left big toe, and that none of those are as important as I am. And then we've, 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 we've taken our toys, and we've gone somewhere else, and we've created another part of the body. Well, we have, a, I don't know how many denominations there are. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't never read in this Word of God where a Church of God section of heaven's going to be, where the Baptist section of heaven's going to be, where the Methodist section of heaven's going to be. I ain't never read none of that. But yet, we're going we're gonna to destroy the body because they don't worship like we do, or they're not as loud and boisterous as we are. I got, a, I got a friend of mine. He's a pastor of Maranatha Baptist Church in Dallas, North Carolina. Is he on his way to heaven? Absolutely. One body. But we, we've gone to the point to where we're not going to do this. We're not going to go there. We're not going to join to this. We're not going to... Listen, if they're preaching the blood of Jesus Christ is the way to, the, to, to Calvary's cross or, or was provided to Calvary's cross, that is the way to salvation. That is the only way. They're my brother and sister. <coughs> Listen, it don't only apply to the body, but it applies to each individual as well. One spirit dwells in the body of Christ. By him, the body lives and moves. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13 says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. What spirit? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the life of the body. The Holy Spirit is the life of the body. When the Holy Spirit is not welcome, there is no life. When the Holy Spirit is not given leeway and you're not seeking guidance and direction from the Holy Spirit, there is no life. And life don't just have to be loud and boisterous. The Holy Spirit is the life and apart from Him, the body can't live. Can't. Hold your breath. Don't breathe, you're going to pass out. And if you don't get oxygen, you're going to die. Drain all the blood out of your body, you're going to die. Without the, without the blood, without the Holy Spirit, 
working and operating and moving in the body, there is no life. The Holy Spirit is the, is the pledge of the promise of our inheritance. What are you talking about? Ephesians 1 and verse 14. Which is the earnest, I said this last week, the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. He is the guarantee of the one hope to which we are called. Ephesians 1 and 18, we reference this scripture all the time, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know the hope of His calling and what the riches of His glory, of His inheritance is in the saints. That is how we grow by the Holy Spirit, enlightening the eyes of our understanding. And then you go to Ephesians 2 and verse 12. Here's another thing, that at that time you were without Christ. You were alienated, basically. I'm going I'm to sum it up. You were strangers. You were not a covenant of the promise. You had no hope. But now that you are in Christ, you have the hope which is Christ. And because of the hope that's in you, which is Christ, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, which will enlighten the eyes of your understanding and which will increase the full assurance of your faith that you will approach the throne room boldly. Listen, it's not the hope that comes from the calling. Hear me clear this morning. But it's the hope that belongs to the called. It's not the hope that comes from the calling. I was called to pastor when I was 19 years old. I went, oh, okay. All right, I'm all in. I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, <laughs> No way. I didn't have a hope in that calling. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. I, I just don't. I didn't have a hope in the calling. But then when I began to understand my hope is in the one who called me, I wasn't afraid of what I was called to do. Listen, you were called to be a witness. You were called to go and to teach all nations. What do you know I was? Yes, you were. Yes, you are. And if you were looking for hope in that calling, you're looking in the wrong place. Find hope in the one that has called you. And you're not going to understand the hope that you have until you have a revelation of the cross, until it becomes real in your life. And you'll understand, I don't worry about what my co-worker's going to say. I don't worry about the threats that they dangle in front of me. My hope is in the one that's called me. And if he's called me to this, if he's brought me to that valley that I'm going through, he's going to take me through it because he has led me there. Ephesians 4 and verse 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. This is Paul to the church of Ephesus. He's encouraging them, do not waver. Don't waver. Don't waver. Don't lose focus. Don't lose focus at all. What is the hope? 1 John 3 and verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are the, the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. <laughs> I love this. 
It ain't appeared yet what we shall be. But we know that when, when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. I got a hope that this body of corruption is going to one day be incorruptible. <laughs> that this body that is subject to death will no longer be subject to death. That this body that experiences sorrow and trial and grievous times will no longer experience any of that. That the, where the tears are shedding, there will no, be no more. Where darkness has crept in, there will be no more. My hope is not in what I do, but it's the one that's called me because now I understand everything that I do, I can do with the full assurance of faith approaching Him or waiting on His glorious return. He's coming. He's coming. But since we're not yet glorified, we can't look upon Him as He is. But we shall see Him as He is when He will appear. What a day it's going to be. What a day it's going to be. What a day it could be today. Verse 26 through 31 in Hebrews 10 is the consequences of all these things. And I'm not going to, for time's sake, I'm going I'm to keep going. But if the cross of Christ is rejected, there's nothing else. I was thinking this morning, if everyone who calls this particular church body their home would come, we couldn't see them all. We couldn't. And some miss for, for various reasons, and that's fine. But if we would come together all as one body for one time, we couldn't seat all of them. There's 188 chairs. We couldn't see them all. There, there's a great danger. And listen, if, if you're missing because of whatever, I'm, hear me, I'm not, don't take this wrong, please. I told Robert this morning, if it can be taken wrong, it will be. My good friend Keith Babin tells me that, and that's a, just a great word of wisdom. If it can be taken wrong, it will be. Hear me clear. I'm not throwing rocks at you. I don't dislike you. I'm not saying that you're going to hell. Hear me. But there's a great danger in walking away from the cross. It's a fear, the word tells us it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Well, you saying because I didn't make it to church on Sunday night, I'm going, no, I'm not listening. No, no. When you turn and reject the cross, when you reject the provision that was made, when you walk in your way, when you walk in your desire, and you no longer really, you say we care about the will of the Father, but not really if it don't line up with what you want. I'm talking about living for us. And you're not going to turn and walk away from the Lord like that. It's just not going to happen. It's not. Because the Holy Spirit is going to do everything He can to keep you, to draw you, to convict you. A lot of people get uh, uh, the preacher stepping on their toes, confused with the Holy Spirit drawing them and convicting their hearts. But when you reject and walk away, there's a great danger that comes into play. And I said this this summer before we really came out here this morning. You and I, mankind, from all over the world, hear this, 
We have zero reason to reject the finished work of Jesus Christ. We don't have a reason. Because it works. Well, I don't believe it. It still ain't a reason. But people do it every day. The reason we use, and we won't even admit to this reason, is that we're selfish and full of pride. The Bible don't say, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and what they added to it. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. A testimony is what the Lord has brought you through and where He's taking you. He made the way for you and I because we couldn't and we still can't. Hebrews 10, verse 19, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood, if I have access, I do. I don't worry. I don't worry. I meant to bring my keys in here. I forgot to bring them. And uh, Summer's got hurt. You got your church keys? Oh, has church. Which one's the church key, Hope? The blue one? What in the world? Polka dot. <laughs> this is the front door? Where are you getting? This is pretty neat. <laughs> oh, my mom, my mom. If she made it for you, we really, this is really weird. But anyway, Hope has access to the church. And when Hope pulls out her key ring with all her stuff on it, her elephant and everything else she's got going on on this thing, she ain't never tried to unlock the front door with this crazy elephant with whatever it's got on it. Or she don't walk up and hit her to unlock. She don't do all that. She gets this polka dotted key out. And she gets it, sticks it in the door, and she don't think, oh, please work, please work, please work, please work. She don't jump up and down, say, how many, how many, how many? She don't do anything. She just walks up, sticks the key in the door, and walks in. Because hope has access. And hope don't worry about if this key is going to work or not. Hope ain't never thought about, did he call the locksmith and change it? She ain't never called, Jason... Did you get the locks changed because I'm on my way to the church and I was just wondering if my key would work? No, she says, I know that I've got access and I'm going to the house and I'm going to unlock the door and I'm going to walk right on in. But yet we worry about We've got access into the Holy of Holies and we don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to wonder if it's going to work. You don't have to wonder if the blood's going to work. It still works. It don't matter if it's 1743 or 2021. The access to him has never changed. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose. It will never his power, for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. It works, church. 
It worked. It worked yesterday. It worked last year. It worked 30 years ago. It'll work 30 years from now. The access has never changed, but we're worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. Have you heard they're going to pass a new bill? I don't care what they're going to pass. I don't care how many times Senate convenes or how many times the legislatures do this. Or do. I don't care. The access into the throne room of God will not change. Whether they, they outlaw the gospel or they keep letting you preach it freely, I still got access. And you can't change the way it's made. So why are we wavering? Why are we buckling? Pandemic or a plandemic, whatever you want to call it. Republican or Democrat. Rotary phone or iPhone. Does not change the fact that there is only one way. I don't care if you're an Android person or an iOS person. There ain't but one way to the Father. And that's through Christ Jesus. We've been driven like a herd of sheep into fear. Hear me clear this morning. Since March of 2020, the nation has been driven like a herd of sheep into fear. Yeah, people get sick. Yes, people have died. I understand all of it. Don't go to places of worship, they tell you. Why? Because you're going to be a part, my God, I'm about to kick this column, of a super spreader. God, I wish you would just get, just jump on you like it jumped on me. Good! Let the Holy Spirit catch you on fire and be a part of the super spreader. Don't you think that's what the devil's afraid of? That the body would function as they were called to do? That we wouldn't be separate any longer? And we wouldn't cause discord anymore? That we would walk in unity and worship in one accord? And they would be a super spreader of the Holy Spirit across this nation like you have never known. You would see blinded eyes open. You would see those hardened hearts surrender to Christ. You would see the signs and wonders because they would follow you. Oh my God. I want to be a part of a super spreader. Oh, they're going to take this all over the social media and tell me, I, not in a negative connotation. I pray that the Holy Ghost get on you like he never has before, that you walk that when you go to lunch today, that he begins to stir in your spirit. And when you want to order a chimichanga, you give him Jesus Christ. My God, I still believe for more than a thousand souls to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ this year through this body. Brother, you crazy. Call me what you want to, but he calls me his and nothing is impossible for him. I'm not talking about sickness. I'm talking about us entering in with a full assurance of faith that He'll do it again. I don't want another Azusa Street revival. I'm praying for the Pine Ridge revival. I don't need what He did yesterday because He'll do it again today. We're trying to recreate something that He did, and it's obviously what He did, but God, do it again. Do it here. Do it now. I'm asking again, Lord. Do it again. I'm taking back to the message that Melissa preached about a year ago, and she just kept ringing these words. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. 
I pray that he'll be poured out in a way you have never experienced before, that you'll begin to approach the throne room with that full assurance of faith, with that boldness, that you'll provoke one another to love, not one another to wrath, that you won't talk about them, but to the Lord you'll be praying for them, and, and you'll be loving them and, and exhorting them one for another, and that the church would quit forsaking the assembling of the saints, and we would come together as a body and be a part of this super spreader. Maybe we should just call the church this, this message titled Super Spreader. That'd get your attention. <laughs> that our faith will be anchored in the cross, that we'll be a people of prayer, that we'll be a witness, and we will not waver, that we will provoke again one another to love and to good works. Singers, I want you to come. Some people tell me that I preach evangelical message, but I pastor a church and I'm crazy. Call me whatever you want. I'm telling you because I love you. And I've said it and it seems to be ringing in my, my spirit over and over these last several weeks. We need you and you need us. We need him ultimately, obviously. That's by far the most important. But you need one another. And you need to come together and enter in with that full assurance of faith. So this morning I ask you a question. Have you wavered? I'm not saying do you, do you believe or not. Have you been distracted? I guess maybe another way to look at it. Because it's easy. Do, do you truly believe? I'm going to follow it up with another question. What are you believing for? Who are you believing for? This morning I'm going to ask you to stand. Honestly, if you, know, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, your personal Savior, today's the day. If you're here and you don't know him, I'm begging you, come. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. If everybody knows him, praise God. But I'm asking you, what are you believing for? I don't need to know. He knows. But now I'm going to ask you this. Will you come to him with the full assurance of faith? That he will that he will because he already has he has provided you everything that you'll ever need he has proven the way the way's been tried and it's been tested and it's still there and it still works so this morning what are you believing for who are you believing for and will you bring it to him this morning with that full assurance of faith However you feel led to respond, do so as they sing. But come with that full assurance of faith this morning.
keep singing, I want to tell you, if you want to be a part of, listen, hear me clear. The Holy Spirit, can't, I guess, consuming you and engulfing you, a part of this super spreader, if you will. Lord, do whatever you want, however you want. I want to just be obedient to you. Let Him pour into you today. Let Him move and let Him change you. Don't leave like you came. Don't walk out of here carrying what you carried in. And for some, you played games, you pretended, and you're living miserable. I just want to be real this morning. And I can tell you some of your names, but I'm not going to. I know what the Lord has spoken to me. I know what He's shown me. But I'm telling you, you need to surrender to Him today. You're playing games. And you're pretending it's alright. And you're trying to cover it up. He sees it all. And guess what? He still loves you. He still loves you. Come today. Surrender to Him. Let Him move in your life. Go ahead, sir.
sense that there's some folks that are a little bit upset with me right now. I'm not throwing rocks at you guys. I'm telling you, the Lord is coming soon. And what we have let things become more important than being in His presence. There, there are people that we've come in contact with and will come in contact with that need to hear the truth, the gospel. There are people right now the Lord has orchestrated to be in your path this week, today even, that, that, that need to hear the gospel. And we need to be ready to give it. We need one another. Those that, that watch and view online, and, and, and we need you guys. I said this week, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm determined. It's just going to keep growing, keep, keep going. But I also feel compelled in my heart to tell you and, and hear these words clear. If you're, if you're in here or you, you're in the sound of my voice, game time is over. There's some folks that have wavered. There's some folks that have given in and found themselves doing some things that just, it's not good. And it's not going to lead to a good place. 
You need to surrender to Him. I don't feel in my a peace yet, but I want them to sing this song again. And if you're in here and there's some things in your life that you want to surrender to Him, you want to, Lord, I need you because I can't do this anymore, or whatever it may be. I want them to sing again, and I want you to lay that at His feet. I'm not, you should know, I'm not one to beg, I'm not one to, but I feel strongly in my spirit to tell you today, today could be your last opportunity to surrender to Him. You don't know. You don't know. Let Him take it. Let Him take it. Sing it one more time, if you will. come to you in the mighty name of Jesus thank you for your presence thank you for the drawing of your Holy Spirit Lord your word tells us 
and gives us the promise that we can approach you boldly and with that full assurance of faith. And Lord, I'm asking now with that full assurance of faith that you'll deliver those that are bound by drugs and alcohol. Lord, that you'll set those minds free that are perverted and twisted and tormented with pornography and, and, and rage and anger. Lord, that you'll move in the midst of, of, of your people. Lord, that the malice, those hard hearts will be softened. God, for those that are that are succumbing to, to pressures of, 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 of society and giving in and, and partaking and doing things that they just don't need to be doing, Lord, I'm believing they're going to be set free from those things. Lord, instead of, of succumbing and wavering, they're going to stand fast and they're going to hold fast to, to the profession of their faith. Lord, we're believing still. We're believing, Lord, for over a thousand souls to be surrendered to you this year through Lakeside Church. Lord, we're believing. We're asking with a full assurance of faith to let it be, Father God. God, we're believing for doors to open, for, for us to take the gospel to places that no one else will go, for us to go and stand with a full assurance of faith and preach the uncompromised word of God, but Lord, to, for it to be done in love. Lord, we're believing. We're believing. We're believing, Lord, for that full assurance of faith that the revival will break out. Lord, that the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit will fall and be poured out in a way we have not known nor experienced. God, that we just can't wait to get together to worship you. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Father. We give you all honor, all glory, and all praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you tonight to come back. I want to tell you the table's prepared. It's ready. And I hope you come back tonight to dine. We love you guys. If you go your way, do your thing, but take them Jesus. We'll see you soon. Be blessed.